You're listening to the podcast of East River Park Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more information about the church or donate to this ministry, please visit us at eastriverpark.church. We pray that this is an encouragement to you as you grow in Christ through the local church. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Behind the Message with Jason. And Chris. And Jason. Ooh, Christy, your mic was hot. That's right. I feel like you you, you messed me up because you're... And Chris peeks I'm not it out. Yeah, it I'm peeks it out and then it like... It's just intro. Okay. It's intro internet. All right. Intro <laughs> Well, let's start off... Chris is your hype man. Yeah. This isn't a hype. This isn't a hype intro. Yeah, right. Can yeah, we hype that up on my yeah. announcements on Sunday? Oh Jesus man, in the house. I'm thankful. You just get up there, say what needs to be said, and walk out. Like if I go to a church that has the MC hype guy, and I, I don't care if this is on the record, I I'm like already think I don't want to be part of this church. <laughs> there's that, and I'm sure there's there are some excellent churches that do that. I just hate. And I'm like, I'm barely awake. I'm just trying. I have things I need to repent of. And there's this guy that comes up and he's like, y'all excited for church? I just... I, I was going to get up there and read off all your accomplishments. and That would be both funny. Flash the lights. That would be funny. <laughs> Graduate of uh, Boyce Bible College in Louisville, Kentucky. He's an MDiv in Moody Theological Seminary that he got online. <laughs> <laughs> all right, anyway, so... This isn't a fun intro question, but it is about, this is, we're done. We're done with the giving series, so anyone that's been holding back, you can come back to church this coming Sunday. <laughs> um, I'm starting First John, so we're doing a First, Second, Third John series. Um, but anyways, we ended Faithfully Supplied, so this is a somewhat of, of a question in that room. How do we guard ourselves against the prosperity gospel? Because we've, I'm sure I've mentioned it a few times on Sunday. We've mentioned it here. Uh, what do we do? Who wants to go? Oh. Go for it, Chris. Um, I just had a couple or two or three here. Uh, obviously, by studying the Word, yep. knowing the Word will help um, help with that. Uh, seeking wise counsel. Um, if you're unsure, um, go Go talk to someone that you trust that that you would think would know. Uh, and then a lot of times these guys like to, you know, pick and choose, cherry pick verses to use. So uh, verify the context of the verses that individual verses that's, that's, that are being used. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, if if I can speak into that a little, like when I use multiple verses on Sunday. Those should be cross-references right. to prove the main passage, not cross-references to prove my main point or sub-points. That's a big difference. Yeah. And I'm not saying I always do that perfectly, but that's that's at least the goal every week. So, all right. Um, just to echo what Chris said, know God's Word. Um, I think being eternally minded... Prosperity gospel is focused on the here and now, earthly things, um, keeping our focus on uh, eternity. You know, rewards. You know, they come, but they are eternal in heaven. Um, also, you know, kind of what what you were talking about, 
through this series, being content in all situations. I think the prosperity gospel plays off of people being discontent and promising things that it's a false promise, but it's, it's an easy way for people to get hooked into the prosperity gospel. You're unhappy, you're promised immediate gratification and whatever. And so, um, you know, just watching your heart, staying in God's word and keeping an eternal focus. Yeah, I think to kind of summarize that, first, let's define prosperity gospel. Um, this isn't perfect, but I'd say it's a kind of gospel, and you mentioned this, Baker, that that if you believe in Jesus, you're promised that everything will get better in life. Um, historically, that's meant health and wealth. Uh, and I'd say lately, the new prosperity gospel is more... Um, I'm not trying to knock on Rick Warren for at least for this. Um, it's like discovering your purpose, like your purpose-driven thing, or you're unlocking your blessing. So that's that's the kind of prosperity gospel that you hear. It's like if they're only talking about you discovering your purpose, that's it's just the new prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we guard ourselves for that? Uh, well, one, I'd make sure that you understand. The gospel, Jesus dying, coming back from the dead, is not about how God saved you for you, but how God saved you for himself, for his namesake, his glory. It's about God. So um, the gospel promises eternal life, not a perfect life. And I think what you all have both said, it's, you know, if you listen to a steady diet of God's word, uh, what we read, what we listen to, shouldn't make you feel good all the time. Uh, so if if you're you're like you you got a favorite preacher and he always makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside, there's a very real danger like that he's not preaching the full counsel of the Bible. Um, now I try my best on Sunday to like I'm not trying to just kick everyone and make us all feel like dirt bags the whole time. Even if the text is heavy, there should be some encouraging moments. Um, but yeah, if you're not getting knocked around with the word, um, you're probably not listening to the word. So yeah. All right. Well, now that we did that, we should probably have picked a more fun intro uh, question. But <laughs> all right, let's do the setup, and then we'll go after the passage. All right. First one for you, Mr. Payne. What is the difference between a want and a need? Uh, Chris, you know this because I brought this up at small group, mm-hmm. and then my oldest son walks into the room and he's like, "Hey, we learned about this at school," <laughs> and I was like, "Well, one, no one told you to interrupt the small group," and <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Yeah. I was like, "Well, tell us what's the answer," and he—I don't think he told us, right? He refused. He, he forgot. He forgot. He well, forgot. He's like, yeah. "I forgot." Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. So um, I'm sure there's better explanations, but I'll just say this, and then we'll move on. A want is something we can safely live without. I think if that could summarize that. So a want is something we can safely live without, which you can't safely live without Jesus. So for you, Baker... Mm -hmm. How can confusing what we really need be eternally deadly? 
So James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15 says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So kind of what you were talking about, you know, our wants, our desires, if we see those as a need and even place them over our need for Jesus Christ, um, you know, we're actually giving in to sin and giving it a foothold in our lives to grow. And of course, as it says here, you know, sin continues to grow and is allowed to continue to grow. It will bring forth death. Wow, this is... I think Sunday felt more encouraging than this podcast so far. I don't know. You don't know? What did I talk about Sunday? All right, Philippians 4, 19 through 20. What do we really need? Really, really need, number one, well, we need to trust in our God. Um, this was somewhat of a rabbit trail, but I think it was an important one on Sunday. Why must God become my God? Uh, when, when we're referring to God as my God, it signifies a, a personal and an intimate relationship. Uh, I think we, when we do that, we're acknowledging God as, as our provider. Um, we put an emphasis on a deep trust and dependence on God's provision uh, in our lives. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. So I tried to break this down a little more. I think when I first started, I changed these points up a lot for this last one. And then I only had two points, and I was like, well, there's probably more to say in verse 19. Uh, so we talked about just fleshing out that trust with God. And so three letters, A, trust mm-hmm. that God will bless when we give. Uh, Jason Payne, how does God bless us when we financially give? Well... If you sow your seed, God will multiply. And what was that meme you said? I don't even remember. (laughs) Yeah. We'll all be rich. Yes. So, um, all right. What's my real answer? All right. Let me first, uh, let me share the first and best blessing that we're given. We're blessed when we give because we're making God happy. That's I know that's probably a weird way to put that, but I'll give some verses to help us think through that. Uh, Hebrews 13, 16, Do not neglect to do good, to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. The one I read Sunday, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, Each one must give what he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So God loves a cheerful giver. God is pleased when we give. Um, and I think like, you know, how many kids grow up and feel like their dad isn't proud of them. I, it's a weird thing. That's something that I think we're just built into us that we crave. I've talked to plenty of grown guys that have dad issues cause they never felt like their dad was proud of them. And, uh, so I would say as a child of God, we know that we are making God happy when we're generous Uh, that's the first and huge blessing um, that we're walking in righteousness and secondly 
we're blessed because, say this carefully, the seed will multiply. All right, 2 Corinthians 9.10. He who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed and for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. That's a very important part of that. It's possible that I would say that God gives will give us more knowing that he can trust us with more. Um, I know that's a cliche thing for people to say, but I, I think it's true in scripture there. I've seen that in my own life. Um, but we are also blessed with more, not to increase ourselves, uh, but to increase the harvest of our righteousness. So really giving is a heart issue. And then the blessing that we're get, given because of giving is heart focused. So it's about the heart, either way you look at it. Um, all right, well, let's boil it down. Um, will our personal finances improve if we give? So kind of piggybacking off what you said, we actually have this down. We give to where our hearts are, where our priorities. Hey, look at us. So look at that. You should be an elder. Yeah. Um, but so God can, you know, he definitely has the capability. He has every, owns everything. He can increase our finances, but I also put, when we give, um, I think it's a change of heart. It's a change of our mindset and priorities with our finances. So I think the more faithfully we give to the Lord, the more mindful we will be of our finances and be more intentional with them as well. So therefore, also because of that, our finances will be will improve. Yeah. So. Yeah, we, we mentioned that some at small group. I mean, the just the normal pattern of generosity. It's like when you start to give, at least for us, like when we started to give, we started to budget more. Um, yeah. And so well, I think uh, Abigail was like, yeah, being a good steward. I was like, yeah, that's what I was supposed to say. <laughs> like, so, yeah, that was a really good way to put that. So, all right, B, trust that God has inexhaustible resources. Unlimited. Unlimited. I guess still got to show you that video. All right. Recognizing God's unlimited. Wait, wait. Where is it? Where are we at? Oh, you didn't ask me the question? You were just reading the point? He didn't ask yeah, you. I didn't ask you no. the question. <laughs> All right. I was like, wait, am I missing a question? All right, here it is. Here's your question that you're about, that you I'm just started answering. Answer. So, All right. Why is it important to know that God has inexhaustible resources? All right. We ready now? Right. Recognizing God's unlimited resources builds trust and faith. Uh, it encourages us, encourages us, or should encourage us, to rely on God's uh, provision and care in all circumstances, knowing that he can meet our needs. And when I say meet our needs, I mean meet our needs according to his will, not ours. Um, we can rest in the assurance that God's abundance is more than sufficient to handle any challenges that we may face. Um, we can have hope during difficult times. Um, it should shape the way we approach challenges, make decisions, and engage with the world. Ultimately, strengthen a deep and abiding trust in God who is more than able to meet every need. That's good. Well, we're at sea already, burning through this podcast. That's good, because that was 45 minutes late. Uh, 
see. Trust that God will take care of our every need. Question for you, Jason. Why should we have faith that God will take care of our needs? Uh, this is some of the passage I read Sunday. Uh, Matthew 6.30 it says, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of a little faith? So we should have faith because he tells us to have faith. Uh, again, I, I'm going back to like this continues to be a heart issue. Um, and I know it's more complicated than that, but it's still about our heart. Do we have faith that God's going to s- take care of our needs? Your health, your bills, your family drama, your job situation... Uh, and I'd say, at least on the basic level of that, that doesn't mean we just lay around and do nothing. Um, like, you know, if you're like, I'm struggling to pay bills, but I don't want to get a job. You're like, well, go get a job, <laughs> you know? Um, you're like, I need a new job, but no one's, you know, no one's calling me. I'm like, well, send out some resumes. I'm just saying if, you've not do- if you're not doing any- anything, like we play a huge role in God's provision, but it's only through His provision, not ours. Uh, so I, again, I, for me, this is a faith issue. And let me reiterate, it's not the intensity of faith, but the presence of faith. Little faith in, in the text there is not like, it's not mustard seed faith. When it says little faith, the idea is that it's unbelief. It's not like you just got a little faith. No, the little faith that Jesus is talking about is unbelief. So we believe God will take care of us. We trust him. Doesn't mean that we feel good about it all the time. That doesn't mean we don't have doubts. That doesn't mean it's not painful. But it means that we trust him in spite of it all. It, it's not a provision question. It's not a us question. It's a faith question. And the object of our faith is God. So, um, yeah. All right. You're going to talk a little bit more about it. You got the more difficult side of that question. Baker, you're welcome. I don't know what I did to you for this. (laughs) Hey, I know. Well, you all will love the last question. If God is going to take care of our needs, why is there still suffering? So I'll read two different verses before I get started on my dissertation here. Um, verse 19 from our, from Philippians 4 says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And I want to piggyback off of that with 2 Corinthians 9, 8. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. So when I was looking at these two verses, to me, I'm thinking our needs are met according to God's purpose, but also so that we may abound in every good work for the Lord. So I think we have to look at our needs being met. All of this ultimately with everything is for the glory of God. Um, And I think, you know, well, I know Paul grasped this very well because he wrote both of those verses, but you know, just even as we've been going through Philippians, you know, Paul was hungry. I mean, he suffered through yeah. so many things. I mean, 
um, in Sanka Corinthians, you know, he was beaten, he was shipwrecked, he was, all these things happened to him. He still suffered, but ultimately his needs to continue his work for Christ were always met. And so, um, yeah, he went for a time without food and water. He was shipwrecked, but he was eventually rescued. And I think thinking of times of suffering and times of plenty and what Paul was talking about is both of those serve a purpose um, for our sanctification, for us to grow closer to God and um, to further the gospel. And also, you know, we're not promised immunity to suffering in this world. You know, this world is completely impacted by by sin and just the fallenness of all of creation. And even Jesus said we would suffer. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's there, but we have that ultimate promise, um, like 1 Peter 5.10 here. After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. So we have that promise of of the ultimate um, restoration. But yeah, I mean, while our needs are being met, you know, it doesn't mean that we're not going to be sick, that we're not going to be hungry at times. Um, but it's also, you know, looking at it as, you know, these are ways God is still working through all this. Yeah. So if that makes any sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. Okay. I just think it's it, it goes back to these are difficult things. I feel weird saying them sometimes on a Sunday because, I mean, we're just look at our room, the room right now. All three of us got food to eat, not sick. Like, you've got these needs met and yet there's other people that are sick or they are hungry or and but we have to say experience doesn't get determined what's true in the bible and what's not or what's true of god and what's not so um yeah i think this is this question i mean even if you just google it i mean i think it's probably the most difficult question people ask. I mean, I know people oh, yeah, that, sure. you know, they're atheist or agnostic because of this right here. That's yeah. what they're asking. And so, I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily mean in the here and now it's comforting to those that are suffering. But I think for us, like you were talking about the three of us, I mean, those that aren't right now, I feel like there's a flip side to this that we're called to go to those that are hungry, that are hurting mm-hmm. and, you know, bring the comfort that we can to them yep. in whatever way we could. Yeah. I mean, that's what, you know, Paul would encourage that we're, well, that's what the Philippians did with him. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So. I, I mean, as, as big as we know God is as sovereign as we go, know God is, it doesn't negate our responsibility to play a role in alleviating that temporary suffering as much as possible um so yeah well that's good i'm sure we didn't answer all of that but um all right so what was the question oh what do we need uh the second one is we need to glorify the father now wait Mm -hmm. wait all right (laughs) what does it look like 
to glorify our Father. And I tried to get the small group to answer that. Yeah. And actually, Gabe had a good answer. Um, but just we, my the danger sometimes is you say things on in a in a pulpit on Sunday, and people are like, "Yeah, glorify the Father," and they have no idea what that actually looks like. So, tell us, give us all your wisdom. Uh, to glorify our Father, I think, means to honor, worship, and magnify God in our thoughts, in our actions, and in our words. Um, and we, we can do that by engaging in sincere, heartfelt worship, both individually and corporately, um, being obedient to God, sharing the gospel, uh, being generous with our time and our money, serving others. Um, and by having a healthy prayer life and, and just always seeking his guidance in our life. Yeah. It's really good. I got a sermon for y'all to listen to about that from Malachi. I, was, I listened to it yesterday. I sent it to Derek for those that remember him. Um, How long has it been since he's been mentioned on this podcast? And every once in a while he deserves to get a little recognition. Um but it was it was like why was the father this idea of the father given to the priest it wasn't for in Malachi it wasn't for peace love comfort it was for honor like you're not honoring me and you should honor me because I'm God the father um, it was really good so I'll send it to you alright summary point we will glorify God forever and ever so if you don't like doing it now should probably find another religion to jump on board with so because uh, that's that's eternity we will glorify god forever and ever that's the summary point it's over it's over the series is over how do you think it went you've been you've been here for all of them you've been here for mm-hmm. most of them it's a giving series we should rank them oh you mean everyone that you've ever everyone done. yeah what was the verdict. What am I point. ranking it on? The, your favorite <laughs> giving series. This one. Really? You just said that because you don't remember that one. Exactly. <laughs> All right. 2020, we did. Let me pull it up. Did we do behind the messages on all those? Or no? uh, we started behind the message during COVID because we ended like any kind of normal Wednesday night programming and then never brought it back. Twenty twenty one I had enemies of generosity. I forgot what I did in twenty twenty. Enemies of generosity. Twenty two was joyful giving. Yeah, 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 yeah. Twenty three was giving as worship. And then yeah, still going with this one. All right, here we go. All right, well, thanks, Chris. You're a kind person. All right, well, let's end this podcast. I typed this question, keeping Chris and Jason Baker in mind, knowing these guys, out of all the people that I need to know their input on, these guys are going to know the most about this situation, and it's going to be helpful for anyone that's still listening to this podcast to hear their answer um, so on uh, February 11th, we have the Super Bowl. Uh, it's officially the Chiefs 
and the 49ers. Yep. I'm rooting for the 49ers. Obviously. Um, but why is that obvious? Just like they're like their quarterback looks like me out there just trying to throw a football. You know, like just some random average quarterback. Obviously, he's he's been great, or you wouldn't be in the Super Bowl, but yeah. Yeah, you got to root for the underdog. I mean, unless you're a Chiefs fan, you got to root for the underdog. So, But anyways, anyway, so um, regarding the Super Bowl, that's that Friday, Saturday night, there's a huge concert. Um, and the Taylor Swift will be flying back for to watch uh, her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, in the Super Bowl. So we're going to end this, this podcast. Will Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift get married? Go ahead, Chris. I've got nothing. I didn't answer it. Okay. You don't even want to participate. I didn't even want. <laughs> hey, just so people, this isn't a video podcast. He literally shut his computer and moved it away from him. That's how annoyed he is. Very. <laughs> okay, Baker, go ahead. Uh, who cares? No, you don't. You have an answer. I'm sure you have an answer. I have an answer. I'm, a, cur- I'm a curmudgeon. Who cares? Thank you. <laughs> I am a cur- his, his typed out notes are, I'm a curmudgeon, so I, blank, 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 say, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how that question uh, glorifies God forever. No, that, that <laughs> hey, nice. God is using everything. Nice. <laughs> she does make a, I guess she is a decent new mascot for the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. all for it. I'm, I'm all <laughs> but, for it. I don't like, well, last night um, I sent some church people, a couple like this meme. It was basically talking about like, isn't it ironic that that the Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl and Taylor Swift and she's a Biden supporter and blah, blah, blah. And uh, (laughs) anyways, so not to make this political, but I'm all for it. Travis, Taylor, they're going to get married. And if they live stream it, I'm going to watch it. (laughs) I'm going to watch it. (laughs) We have a Swifty in our midst. I did. Should I share this? I'm going to share it. I bought, when her first CD came out, I bought it. I went to Best Buy and bought it. Yeah. I don't... Remember earlier we were talking about things that you shouldn't say into a microphone? Hey, (laughs) I hope I get canceled, man. I I think you've got to reach a certain level of listeners, viewers to be canceled. Yeah. Our one listener canceled us. Yeah. I think uh, Nate Bargetsy talks about being canceled as a comedian and he's like no one knows me <laughs> remember that um, he's blowing up man he's yeah he's making a name. yeah big deal all right who's praying i'll do it thanks brother yeah. dear heavenly father lord we just thank you for this day and thank you for the time we get to spend together digging deeper into your word god we thank you for your provisions and just pray that you give us the wisdom and, and the strength and to just remain faithful to you, Lord, in all things that we have and all things that we do. And um, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for your sacrifice on the cross for us. And pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Go 49ers. Whew.